Pray with me, please. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, thy rock and thy redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Amen, amen and amen. amen. Now we know we have our big Women's Day program coming up on March 26th, next Sunday, which is also just Barron's birthday. Uh, but uh, and 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 we really are looking forward to the program. And don't worry, Sister Copeland, the printed program will be all together. So we're working on it. All right, Amen. Thank you. And so uh, another big date is March 29th. March 29th. Now what's March 29th? Well, March 29th, I get to go to the eye doctor. And you know what happens when you go to the eye doctor? They check your pressure. Uh, for me, they check the number of tears in my eyes to make sure I got the proper tear ducts and all that stuff. And then they check your vision. And if you look on your bulletin, what do we have in terms of checking vision? We have what? An eye chart. And so there's this big eye chart on the front of your building. And the eye chart is called the Snellen, S-N-E-L-L-E-N eye chart. It's called the Snelling eye chart. And it was developed in 1860 by a Dutch eye doctor. His name was Herman Snelling. Now the eye chart is there to measure your visual acuity or the sharpness of your vision. And if you don't wear glasses or contacts, that eye chart will tell you whether or not you need glasses <laughs> or contacts. And if you wear glasses or contacts, then the eye physician can help you get a better lens or just make sure that you are okay. Now, all around us in Athens, we can be blind to many things, can we not? Amen. And we can be blind to things that our neighbors and our friends are suffering from, like domestic violence. Domestic violence is committed by someone in the victim's domestic circle. This includes partners, ex-partners, immediate family, and other relatives and friends. The term domestic violence is used when there is a close relationship between the offender and the victim. There's normally some power gap there. The victim is dependent upon the offender. Domestic violence can take a whole lot of forms, like physical abuse, sexual or physiological abuse. Women form the most largest group of victims However, there are some men who are victims of domestic violence. Children, and particularly elderly people, can be victims of domestic violence. It occurs on all levels of our population in our society. So last night, we saw that Judge Barron was doing a project for something called the Athens Safe Project. It's a nonprofit organization that helps prevent domestic violence. It offers crisis programs and services for survivors of domestic violence. Because many times we are blind to the fact that these things happen in our community. And I thank once again Judge Barron for 
volunteering and also raising money for such a worthy cause. Thank you once again. Now we're also blind to some other things that occur in our community. We're, we're blind to hunger and food insecurity that are faced by so many people. Now food insecurity is defined as the limited or uncertain ability of nutritional and safe foods. And once again, food insecurity can be long-term or it can be temporary. And it may be influenced by a whole lot of factors like income, employment, race, ethnicity, and disability. The risk of food insecurity increases when money to buy food is not available. Well. The insecurity, food insecurity rate in athens Clark County was 22% the last time it was measured in 2016. Clark County has approximately 26,340 food insecure people, according to data from Feed America. Now, our sister church, First AME, is in the fight to feed the hungry, aren't they not? They have food pantries and other services that provide comfort and support and need for people who need food and who are experiencing food insecurity. We can also be blind to the fact that everyone deserves a safe and love and comfort place for them to be in. In other words, everybody deserves a family. Today, 140 million kids do not have a permanent home. These children are hurting and they're unprotected. They're children like the unaccompanied minors at the border. They're children who are orphans created by war or parental drug abuse or just straight out abandonment. They're refugees living in a world of uncertainty. Everyone, think about it, everyone deserves to be in what we call a family where they can be loved and they can be cared for. This church often has partnered with organizations that have helped people have that loving family. One such organization that I know of is Bethany Christian Services. They demonstrate the love and compassion of Jesus Christ by protecting children and empowering youth and strengthening families through quality social services. In Athens, Bethany is providing a safe home to refugee families who had to leave their life and their home, fleeing from war, political difficulties, and change. That's climate change. Annie and I are proud to be part of Bethany. Annie works with the Atlanta chapter that provides services for Athens and I'm proud to be a member of Bethany's global board as we try to be the hands and feet of God in this troubled world. Now, Jesus. Jesus understands the need for vision. Jesus understands the prevention 
of blindness. And in the text that we're looking at today from John chapter 9, verse 35 through 41, Jesus provides an eye exam, a test for our spiritual vision. So we will not experience spiritual blindness. Now let me set up the passage that uh, Sister Tanya read for us. It starts in John chapter 9. And in John chapter 9, Jesus is walking along. And he comes upon this man who has been blind since birth. Well, Jesus comes upon this man. And the disciples see him too. And they ask Jesus. They assume that he's blind because of some sin that either his parents have committed or he himself had committed. But Jesus tells the disciples, no, 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 no. He was blind so that God's works may be revealed in him. All right, all right. And now here is the works that's going to be revealed in him. Jesus did this. He took, he took some saliva and he spat on the ground. He took that mud that was made from the saliva and he put it into like a little poultice. And he put it on the man's hand, eyes. And he said, now go. Go to the pool and bathe. So the man did that. He went into the pool and he bathed and when he came back he could see. Now he went back to the village where he lived and the neighbors, you know what neighbors do, they said how can this be? What happened to you? How in the world can you see? And the man told him it was Jesus. Jesus, Jesus who helped me to see. And they were still dumbfounded, and so they took him to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, that's what, uh oh, the Pharisees, as you know, are the religious leaders of the day. So he took them to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were upset. They were already mad at Jesus anyway. But they were really upset, and the reason they were upset because all this happened on the Sabbath. What? Jesus healing on the Sabbath? Healing talk taking place on the Sabbath, that's against the religious law. So they were really, really upset. So they were so upset that they decided, they asked the man what happened. He told them what happened. And then they said, well, you know, we really don't believe you. This must be some trick. They brought his parents in. And so they brought his parents in. And they said, has he been blind since birth? Yeah, he has. What happened? Now the parents were really careful in terms of explaining what happened. And they were careful in explaining what happened because they were afraid that they were going to get kicked out of the synagogue because anyone, and I mean anyone, who said anything good about Jesus could get themselves kicked out of the synagogue. So they said, ask him. He's of age. Let him tell you what happened. So the man once again recanted the story and the Pharisees said, mm, blasphemy, this Jesus is a sinner. He can't be. We're going to kick you out of the synagogue. So they kicked him out of the synagogue. And that's when the verses that Sister Haygood read for us kick in. So what happened was this. Jesus heard about the whole deal. Jesus. And he decided that, you know what, I need to do something about this. So he went and he saw the man, 
And he decided to give what I would call a spiritual eye examination. A spiritual eye examination. So here's what happened with this spiritual checkup. Now, on the 29th when I get my eye exam, the doctor is going to ask me some questions. And he's going to ask me questions about my overall vision. And Jesus does that in verse 35. Look at verse 35. In verse 35 he says this. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now, the man who was blind said this in verse 36. Point him out to me, sir, so that I can believe in him. Now, you may think that, wait a minute. You just healed him. You blind man, you don't understand who Jesus is? Well, think about it for a minute. When he encountered Jesus, the man was what? Blind. When Jesus put the poultice on his eyes, he was what? Blind. He said, go to the pool and bathe. By that time, Jesus had gone. So the man had never seen Jesus at all. And so, this is a lesson to us. Because although we may have sight, we sometimes need someone to point us to Jesus. And that is why here at Greater Bethel, we do things like have Bible study. Come on. We do things like have Sunday school. We do things like have worship. Why? Because all of us, even though we are sighted, need to be pointed toward Jesus. Now, the checkup continues. Look at verse 37. When Jesus says, you're looking right at him. Don't you recognize my voice? Jesus wants us to do more than just see him. He wants us to know his voice. And we can know God's voice by reading his word daily. Our devotional calls on Tuesdays and Saturdays, along with the podcasting of our sermons and everything that we do, we try to throw on our Facebook page, is another way to hear the master's voice. Now, now that the man could see, and now that the man could hear the master's voice, look what happens. Look at verse 38. It says this, Master, I believe. Mm. And the man worshipped him. So here's the combination. When we can see Jesus, and when we can hear Jesus, we will do what? We will worship him. And that's our job as disciples. To help the blind see and hear Jesus. Now, on the website of my eye doctor, is I guess his mission statement. Why is he here in the first place? It explains the reason why he exists. And the website says something like this. For over 22 years, the Family Eye Care Center has been there utilizing the greatest and best technology to treat all aspects of eye care and to take my money. But we can see verse 39 as kind of a mission statement for Jesus when he says this. 
I came into the world to bring everything in the clear light of day. Making all the distinctions clear. So those who have never seen will see. And those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Listen to that line again. Listen to that again. Those who have never seen will see. And those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as what? Blind. Well, the exposure is getting ready to happen. Look at verse 40. Because in verse 40, the Pharisees are back. And they overheard Jesus in his little mission statement. And so the Pharisees goes, does that mean that you're calling us blind? Well, as my daddy said, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. So look at Jesus' response in verse 41. He says, if you were really blind, you would be blameless. Now remember back at the beginning when the disciples saw this man, this blind man, and they said, well, why, whose fault is it that he can't see? It must be because his parents sinned. It must be because he sinned. If you are blind, Jesus is saying what? You're blameless. It is not your fault that you're blind. It is, and we're talking about spiritual blindness. It is because you have not been had an opportunity to see. You have not seen yet. It's not because of your sins. It's because you have not seen yet. So again, verse 41. If you were really blind, you would be blameless. Now look how Jesus does this. But since you claim to see everything, <laughs> since you claim to see everything, you are accountable for every fault and failure. Since you claim to see everything. Jesus is saying, unless you get your sight from me, unless you get your sight from me, you are really blind. Now here's the interesting thing. Jesus has given us agency as disciples to help people get their sight. We are all eye doctors who can help people get their sight. Because we can point them to the gospel. So, maybe you're thinking that you can see, but you really can't see. You may be only fooling yourself. I'm a big fan of this NCAA basketball tournament, both on the women's and the men's side. It has been really interesting because they seed the teams. The best teams are seeded what? Number one. The worst teams are seeded number 16. And the other day, this number one team, Purdue, walks into the arena because they're, they're rated what? Number one. Everybody said that they saw them as one of the best teams. 
and then they played this number 16 team that everybody saw as what? A bad team. They just barely got into the tournament. And what happened? The 16 beat the 1. I was blind, but now I can see. So that's the eye exam that Jesus gives. And so, how did you do? How did you do in the eye exam? Can you see the master? Do you hear his voice? Are you worshiping him? If not, Jesus has a cure. Jesus wants to give you spiritual sight. And with that spiritual sight, Jesus wants to give you a life, a purpose, and meaning, and a sight. And to do that, to have that life of purpose, to have that life of meaning, and to have that life of sight, all you got to do is pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner who is blind. And I come to you asking for sight. I come to you asking so that I can see the light that you have for me. So that with you, I can see when people are suffering because of domestic violence and want to do something about it. Because of you, I can see when folks are hungry and I can help alleviate that hunger. And because you, I can see when people who need families can get families and I can work to do that. But I can also see you more clearly and you more dearly and worship you in spirit and in truth. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, let us say, amen. So if you prayed that prayer with me, you are not saved. But as I say every week, your salvation is only as good as the place that you decide to practice your salvation. Because having sight is only as good as the times that you go to see the eye doctor. And Jesus is the ultimate physician. He's the ultimate eye doctor. And because he has set up this opportunity with churches and people of faith so that you can be around folks that can help you with your sight. So Greater Bethel is such a place. And we would love, 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 love for you to join us, either in person or online. You can join us and be part of this community of faith. Now, in just a few minutes, I'm going to come down and hold out my hand and hope that someone will give God your heart. Because you could have backslidden and you want this opportunity to say, I want to see again. You could just need prayer because Lord knows do we need what? We need prayer. And it also could be an opportunity that you give your life to Christ. And you may say, well, I'm a young person. I got time. 
I can give my life to Christ a little bit later. I got to clean up this. I got to do this. I got to do that. And if I give my life to Christ, I won't have any more fun. Oh, contrary. <laughs> There's lots of fun to be had when you give your life to Christ. Now, if you're looking on television, I should say the internet, I guess, or also if you're looking uh, via uh, a podcast or something like that, let me tell you how you can get in touch with us. You can give me a call, uh, and I'm going to give you my real telephone number, call or text. It is 608-358-1309. That's 608-358-1309. Just call or text me, and I would love, 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 like we've had with so many people, a conversation about your faith. And now for our benediction. When Jesus heard that the Pharisees had thrown the blind man out, that he had given sight in the synagogue, he went and found him. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of our Holy Spirit, rule and be with you henceforth, now, and forevermore. Let us all say, Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great week. Amen. Saints, it's your faithfulness in giving to Greater Bethel that allows us to do the work of the Lord. There are three ways you can give to us. First, you can use Catch App by typing dollar sign Bethel 140. Second, you can give using Giveify, simply at a Greater Bethel, Athens. Finally, you can mail your contributions in to Post Office Box 49773, Athens, Georgia 30604. Thank you and blessings.